Yo, 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 what up? Welcome to the one and only Minorities Report Podcast. Your sometimes weekly deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. I'm your host, Kobe Mack. I'll be alongside my millennial brother, Raul Nevado. You can find him at the Raul Nevado on Twitter. Say hola, Raul. Yo, 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 what up? <laughs> How you living, man? Uh, you know, uh, pretty good. You know, uh, the, the, it's 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 weird as a minority to hear the sometimes thing and be like, wait, wait what do you mean sometimes? But in reality, we are, we're running on CPT, you know, color people time. So I think I think there people and the folks out in the audience are gonna realize that once you get to know us and once you kind of know all of your uh, uh, people of hue that are around you, time is relative. So when I say sometimes, I would love to say that on this specific day, at this specific time, expect to hear this podcast, but I can't make that guarantee, and I do not want to be a liar, and I don't want to be made out to be a liar today. Next to Raul, we have his beautiful wife, the potty mouth princess herself, our proud producer, Desiree Nevado. Say what up, Desiree. What's up? (laughs) How you doing? Good. I'm excited to be the third wheel in this bromance. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, this particular podcast was put together in the mind that we are going to have a very different and colorful lens with a unique background to be able to give to you on all things movies and entertainment. And while this was originally supposed to be a podcast of three, which it is today, this third seat is going to sometimes interchange. So we invite you, the people, to be a part of the change. We've got Desiree on today. We're going to be able to have our boy Shama Muhammad on another podcast, and hopefully other people that you'll be able to see that can contribute to what we're trying to do here to improve on the culture. And please, in order to help us improve, would you uh, please consider giving the show a follow on Instagram and Twitter at mreportpod. Once again, that's mreportpod on Twitter and on Instagram. This is our very first show, and I'm really, really proud. And obviously, it's the beginning of the new year. Feliz Navidad. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, I, I, what, is there any other like Puerto Rican sayings, anything like that out, y'all can think of? Like happy whatever? It, you covered it with Feliz Navidad. You know, that was, that's the, that's the, that's, I think that's, that covers all Hispanics. Yo spero año y felicidad, right? <laughs> Prospero año. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You got it. But hey. <laughs> now, 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 now uh, uh, we do say colorful perspective. We do consider women minorities. I think. I think. Oh uh, yeah, they still are absolutely. So, uh, though, though, <laughs> though, though it, it, so, so when it's a colorful perspective, colorful is a very loose term. I am definitely white. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the viewers uh, could tell, uh, the listeners could tell by your voice. Uh, they heard you. They said, "Oh, that's a white person, but she's a woman." So she falls under the umbrella. But I am, I am recovering from a cold, so I'm hoping that my deep tone will help me be heard a little more than usual. Girls of, yes. of, of a minority. Yeah, look at that. Well, I mean, hey, look at it this way. I mean, you, 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 you are one of us now. You decided to, to, to marry this guy over here. So obviously, this is our first show. Let's spend a little time getting to know one another. Tell me the story real quick, if you guys can, uh, Raul and Desiree. Gosh. Of what? Of how we met? I mean, just of you guys. I mean, I, I don't know. If you want to do how you met, why you guys do what you do, why you chose to do this podcast. I would say one word to describe our relationship would be hostile. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
women under hostile situation. Oh wow! Did you did you did 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 you mug her? <laughs> did you whistle at me? Did you pinch my ass? <laughs> None of the above. I was a gentleman all the way through, but uh, she yeah, was hostile he... from one way. I was. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I gave him a hard time. He's the first guy I ever dated. And so it was a very scary moment for me, but I gave him a hard time and he passed. That's a, that's that's really really good. Raul, where do you come from, man? Hey man, I uh Where do I come from? Sheesh, I was born in Puerto Rico and uh, I was raised in New England, uh Boston and and in upstate New York. So I've been a little bit Couple different places. We went to college in Florida. Uh, lived in North, live in North Carolina now. Lived in LA, so I've been to a lot of different places, experienced a lot of different things, and uh, yeah, that's I I I, I say I, I was born in Puerto Rico, but I developed my personality and who I am in New England. So got you. That's really unfortunate, folks. And the reason why it's unfortunate, if you're out there, um, myself, Kobe Mack, I was. Um, Here's my quick rundown. I was born in Miami. I was raised in New York. I grew up and became a man in L.A. Um, I floated around wherever the wind blew me between New York and Florida. Found the girl. Got stuck in Florida for a little bit. And now I'm in Atlanta. And what makes this situation unfortunate is that I really do love my best friend, Raul Nevado. But with him being from New England, sometimes his opinions, his, oh my gosh. his this, this, this thing about him. There's just are, this natural disruption <laughs> in like things that are right. And if anybody truly has a heart, they understand there's some really loathsome people of ilk in the New England area, uh, mainly their sports fans. So you will definitely hear while this is a movies and entertainment podcast, some of the natural bitterness is going to come out between us, let alone from our difference of opinion and some of our films. Um, but real quick, uh, Des, why do you love film I don't know I I love I guess I love stories as much as everybody else and I love visuals you know what I hate reading <laughs> that, <laughs> that was my I answer <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer I, I I hate reading books but if you give me a screenplay I'll read that bad boy like it's nobody's business um I wish the Bible was in screenplay form. That's the one thing They've I was talking about. They've tried to do it about. several times, and it's just awful every time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Raul, um, what makes you a lover of movies, bro? Uh, I just love stories, man. Um, from a young age, I've just gravitated towards um, towards human stories, you know, stories that I connect with, stories that, that transport me. And I, 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 unlike the two of you, I do love books. I do love reading. Um, but it takes more time in the day than I usually have to read an actual book. So sitting down, being able to watch an episode of something, being able to watch a movie, um, and ingest an entire narrative um, is, is, is uh, very, very efficient. And so I grew to love movies, to, to love the format of visual storytelling, uh, yeah, from a young age. I like that. And, you know, since we just kind of wrapped up this holiday season, now we're starting the new year, like, you guys do any type of, like, annual movie traditions? I know those are, like, pretty good in some circles. Like, what's that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I introduced Raul to this tradition. Mm. 
and it's something my family has always done. Best Christmas and, movie. And we watch it every single year, which mm -hmm. is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Extended edition. Wow, that that's that's an epic Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the spirit of Christmas plays in that movie, but you know I, what it is? I'm you know what it is? It. We just like to watch good movies around yeah, Christmas. Great and movies. there's not many good Christmas movies. <laughs> I got some of my favorites, but so with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, what's like what's the go-to? What's I mean, you guys just watching just ten and a half straight hours of No 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 no. Sometimes it's straight. Yeah, sometimes it's broken up and maybe in like it a, just has a to week be, or two. You know, once the pumpkin spice latte comes out, yeah. that's when it's time yeah. to watch Christmas, the Lord of the Rings. Christmas Christmas officially starts pumpkin spice latte release. Oh wow. Um <laughs> that's when we know that's the moment I hear pumpkin spice latte is out and um gingerbread latte. Gingerbread latte really. Well yeah, but that doesn't come up until like they take forever to do the gingerbread latte. Yeah, it's not latte. even it. You're wrong. It's not the pumpkin spice latte. It's a gingerbread latte. When the gingerbread latte is released, Christmas has begun and I call my wife and I say, you know, get get the get the Lord of the Rings ready. We're gonna start when I get home. And uh we start from the beginning straight through right up to the very last minute. To our viewers out there, this is going to be the widest part of the podcast that you're here, that they're excited for the season when pumpkin spice and gingerbread season <laughs> is a full effect. <laughs> we actually hate listen, pumpkin spice yeah, latte. Listen, man, a, a gingerbread latte spans so all, much all, all racial backgrounds, all colors, all... Uh, uh, all uh, genders and and not genders, whatever you want to call yourself, gingerbread latte. That's what we have. Yeah, I don't we know, bro. You, you gotta spice. You gotta understand one thing. All right, and and Raul, these are some things that you're gonna learn. You know, having not being black yourself, but with me being a proud black man, um, unfortunately, and I've dabbled in both. There's a big thing we got going on. So there's a clear difference between sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie. If Starbucks wants to put out a sweet potato pie spice latte, I'm all down for that. That's not a problem at all. Why? Pumpkin pie is better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's put up a poll. That's a first poll, first poll of the podcast. What's better, sweet potato pie latte or pumpkin spice latte? And we'll see who's going to win on that. And I think my black folks are going to agree with me. You go ahead and put that out there. We're going to see. Yeah, hashtag on Twitter, sweet potato or pumpkin. We're going to see this. Yeah, we're going to kind of see that out. That's cool. That's cool. Um, Wait a second. I want to know why Kaylin loves movies. Oh, my gosh. Um, put us on the spot, bro. Your turn. You know, I did. You got, you got to forgive me. I, I have loved movies since I was a child. Um, I love the power of narrative storytelling i think it's really compelling to be able just to have this 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 collaborative piece of art that's taken thousands of hours and hundreds of people to work on together and sometimes you get great results and sometimes you get bad results but i appreciate it from the beginning to the end and just enjoy being transported i think a lot of the same reasons why people love reading books I just enjoy having stories told to me in movies. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a lover of movies. I'm a defender of movies. Uh, putting this out there for you guys. My taste in movies, you're going to be able to hear and even see through some of my writing. I will fight tooth and nail for every movie. I can find a little bit of something good in everything. 
I'm going to do my best to be objectively subjective, the best that I absolutely can. Wait, what? You're going to do your best to do what? Objectively, objectively subjective. Oh, yeah, objectively subjective. That's that's definitely that's definitely the goal. Um, but yeah, but but for me, I, I guess in regards to like movie traditions, Christmas is my favorite season the entire year. Um, I've got a six-year-old little girl, Mariah. She's my darling, and I'm putting her on to all the great movies that helped shape me seasonally. So Tim Allen with the Santa Claus, um, watching Arnold Schwarzenegger in um, um, in his, in his Christmas movie. Oh, I movie. forgot about oh, that one. Turbo, Turbo Man. I've got the Turbo Man doll. Yo. Like it's it, it is so good. Sinbad's in that movie. Um, everybody's inside of this movie. I, I like I was watching everything. I watched Home Alone one and two. To be honest with you, like I think top five Christmas movie has to be Santa Claus, Home Alone one and two. Home Alone two is better than Home Alone one because it's in New York. That's the greatest city in the entire world. It is. I agree. Wow, we agree on something. Look at that. Bam. I disagree. You should disown the New England part of you completely. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Wait, Des, did I hear you say that you disagree that New York is not the greatest city in the world? Oh no, no, no. I thought too. yeah, I thought oh, you were saying Home Alone shit. two. Oh. <laughs> Home Alone. Two. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Home Alone One does not have something. Home Alone Two, it, it, it holds very dearly, and it's something that just like hits you in that movie. And and, New I, York. and and kids don't remember. No, no, no. It is the Pigeon Lady. That Pigeon Lady. That Pigeon Lady oh, was just like she, she was, was so sweet. the guy sweet, salt on the sidewalks because they're basically the same thing. Yep. No, no, but she, her her what she did in that movie was exceptionally more important to the development. Of Macaulay Culkin's character, like overall, comparatively than what the salt, you know, what the the salt guy was, you know, Fair he was kind of like a throwaway. Like he he was important, but like the pigeon lady, like that celebrates the spirit of Christmas and finding a friend. And this is a kid who has this huge family that hates him, and literally he has to find this woman in Central Park. And can I, he gives her a turtle dove. Yeah. Kids, don't talk, go trying to find people in Central Park. Kids, yeah, not no more. No, no, no. Don't go try to go find nobody in Central Park now. To a podcast. <laughs> One is no. listening to a podcast right now, but definitely not kids. <laughs> I want to say, hey. I want to say some of my favorite holiday movies. Yeah. Okay. It it's definitely Love Actually. So Love Actually, The Holiday, and Family Stone. Wait. The holiday with who am I thinking of inside? Like when they switch places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, interesting. Huh. Um, right. I, well, I had a crush on Jack Black. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really love this Christmas with Chris Brown, and I, I, you know you want to say nothing but nothing like the holidays. Come on, that's like the only Puerto Rican Christmas movie that came out in the past ten years. You know you want to say I, it. I actually. Actually, you know what, man? Maybe I'm not Puerto Rican enough. I, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it himself. Please, hey, producer, I need you to cut this part right here. Maybe I'm not Puerto Rican enough. We could be able to use it as a drop every now and then. <laughs> Maybe I'm not Puerto Rican enough. Just keep blaring it out. Nothing. Christmas is good. That's, yes, the, that's yes. the scene where she puts all the oil on the... She and, does, And bro, she Regina, whips him. She don't play around. She oils that floor. Homeboy be slipping. She is hitting him with that belt. That's, I, I have to say I did enjoy that scene. Come on. That movie's <laughs> so dope. Yeah, no. Nothing like the holidays is, like, really great. You got um, Luis Guzman. You got John Leguizamo. Yo, John Leguizamo is, like, a Puerto Rican staple in everything. Between what he does on TV, what he does on theater and Broadway and in movies. 
Um, Alfred Molina's in there. You have Freddie Rodriguez. If you guys have not got a chance, there's not a lot of Latino or Latinx films that end up being produced in mainstream Hollywood, unfortunately. I'm hoping that Raul and myself can kind of change that. Um, but nothing like the holidays is a classic, in my opinion, of cultural Christmas excellence. Um, try to find it, whether it's on Netflix, Hulu, Redbox, Amazon Prime, um, and definitely give it a shot next holiday season. Okay, yeah, we gotta try it. We Deborah gotta... Messing is in that. <coughs> Deborah, well, I mean, they had to put they had to put they had to put one, you know, um, a Blanquita inside the movie, bro. So yeah, they they <laughs> but it's, they it's to a, put a Blanquita. Yeah, yeah, they, it's 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 a huge cast of some amazing actors. If you liked this Christmas. Um, it, it carries a lot of the same beats, but I think that this is actually a way better plot than this this, this Christmas. So definitely, is there, is there a singer that comes out singing an awesome song about Christmas time, like Chris Brown does in this Christmas? Um, no, but there's awesome music inside, and I think you guys will enjoy okay. it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely give that a shot. Nothing like the holidays. Um, but what I want to do with this first episode, I really want to kind of progress this forward. What you can come to expect. We, each time that we kind of get on this pod, we'll talk a little bit about us. We'll talk about what's going on in news and entertainment, on movies and TV, and then we'll kind of get a breakdown of what we watched throughout this week and give you our opinions and our reviews and kind of dissect without. Um, just kind of touching base with a little bit on the news. This past week, this kicked off award season, and the first award show that kind to that kind of gets everything started up is the Golden Globes. Nevados, did you guys get a chance to catch? The 2019 Golden Globes. Yeah. What was your What was your thoughts? It was alright. Pretty dresses. <laughs> Pretty dresses. It was alright. Uh, I, I uh, got it. I, uh, I love Lady Gaga. Taylor dress. Taylor Swift looked great. <clears throat> yo, is it me? Yo, Taylor Swift. I, I'm. I don't know if she's like dating a Puerto Rican to do, but she's gotten thick lately. She has. <laughs> 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 that matters to minorities. You gotta listen. <laughs> I guess first question. Desiree, do you know what thick means? Yes, being somebody who is thick myself, <laughs> I'm fully aware of what thick means. Can you appreciate the um, the uh, the thick increase that Taylor Swift has displayed lately? It's, it's, it's peculiar. No. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, but I, I mean, she's not she's not one of the female artists that I follow as much. I'm more like you know Cardi B. Uh, <laughs> you're more Cardi B. <laughs> Well, I, I say this, um, you know, Taylor Swift, and we'll put this in a film perspective, she did just drop a concert film that debuted on Netflix last week. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. I've, heard, I've been hearing a lot of really good things about it. I've never, I will never have paid to go to a Taylor Swift concert because uh, they sell out within like two hours. Um, but from what I hear, um, it's produced amazingly well. And um, I think Taylor Swift now... She's she's uh, she she is uh, culturally appropriating at the right time. I'll, I'll say that she was completely off my radar. She was kind of this wafy country singer who just seemed to put out like a song every you know ninety seconds about some guy who she just dated. And she's grown up and matured, and she looked very good at the Golden Globes. But what looked exceptionally good was all the wealth of actors and people who respect inside the business um, on that particular night. Um, there were a lot of snubs in regards to nominations. Are there were there any snubs that even didn't get nominations that kind of caught you by surprise? Not by surprise. No, I I was not surprised to to I was not surprised that what my favorite movie of the year 
I'm not surprised they did not get any love. Yeah. And that's blind spotting. Yeah. I think I think blind spotting should have received love. I think blind spotting is. is I think blind spotting should still is, get love. Yeah, I think it's relevant. I think uh, with this whole black love thing going on in the award ceremony, it definitely should have been brought up. It definitely should have received some love, because. It has to do with culture. It has to do. It's relevant to culture, to society at the moment, to the times that that minorities are experiencing. And but, it showed three clashing perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was definitely something that is really important and timely. And just so our audience know, Blind Spotty was a movie that was released earlier this year. This actually, it was a little bit later in the summer. Um, in August, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's first-time director, uh, director Carlos Lopez Estrada, and it was written by Rafael Casal and then David Diggs. You would know David Diggs. He did a little bit of Broadway. He was a part of the original Hamilton cast. He's recently been doing some guest spots on uh, ABC's Blackish, and it caught me by surprise. I mean, it was not marketed exceptionally well. It was a small movie. But yeah, um, I thought it was a really great movie for the year, not one of my top 10, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but definitely deserved the love and um, adorades, uh, excuse me, adelades and some adoration for what it did. Uh, however, the director did get nominated for uh, the DGA uh, for being a first-time director. So um, that's definitely something that um, it kind of has going forward. Um yeah, I guess with the results of the awards now kind of went out, we can kind of get into it a little bit, you know, of uh, what we kind of saw. You know, Hollywood Foreign Press Association is a, uh, a voting body that is definitely different. Um, so it's not going to be your Academy Awards. The way that they break down films is a little peculiar as well. They break down differences between drama, between comedy. Um, what was nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama? You had Black Panther. You had Black Klansman. A lot of black. Um, you had Bohemian Rhapsody. You had a Beale Street of Talk and A Star is Born. I would say one of the biggest surprises that not a lot of people saw coming was the fact that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody actually won for Best Picture. And that's like the biggest prize of the night. Never saw Best it Picture yeah. drama. Um, and Bohemian Rhapsody was a divisively reviewed movie. Um, a lot of the consensus that I kind of found with uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was that it was an exceptional performance from Rami Malek being the titular character um, in uh, Freddie Mercury, but that a plot that was not as honest to what actually was going on during that time, that felt very safe. However, it was an excellently produced concert movie, um, if I can kind of say that, you know? Um, but yeah, I, think, I don't think a lot of people kind of saw that coming. That's actually, it was a little that's bit actually of a one of the movies we missed because we chose we chose to see a couple other things because because of the divisiveness of it's not even usually when people say a movie is divisive, it's it's politically divisive, it's it's socio divisive stuff like that, like the like the, the things that it's talking about. But this was like it was uh, the quality of it, the way people were receiving it, what people were thinking of it. It was so split down the middle that that I, there were a few other things that I was like, you know what, I kind of rather see that. I was so excited about Bohemian Rhapsody, but I don't want to go see it if people, a lot of people were walking out disappointed. So I actually opted to see something else instead of it. Well, what category and is this that we're talking about? This is a best motion picture drama. Um, yeah. Man, and what do you think should have won? 
I, I honestly think that A Star is Born. Yes. A Star is Born. A yeah. Star Was Born should have won. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, one, it was a remake, it's a first-time director in Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper... It's not a remake. Wedding Crashers. Huh? It's not a remake. This is a remake. Stars Born has been done it's previously before. It's not, though. It's, it's so remake. different. It is so different. It is... It's inspired by. I would like to say inspired. It's, I don't know. It's a remake from the one that Barbara Streisand is in. It is It is straight up a remake. It is... Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Barbara Streisand is the singer. The guy is the singer. He finds her. Da, 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 they fall in love. It's 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 not a remake from the original it's not one, which was about actors. Kind of, yeah, it's, it's not... It's not using the same characters and, you know, and, and that plot and then redoing it for now. I wonder if there's... I mean, it's it's not a reboot of an existing work. It's kind of like a... Yeah, I guess... Re, I, 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 feel, I feel you, Des. Remake makes it seem as if it's kind of just taking that and redoing it, but yeah. using a lot of what was already there. This is a little bit different. Maybe it's like a rebrand or a re... I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's hey. a remake. Yeah. All right, sure, fair enough. I, I just looked at the I just looked up the plot of the one that Barbara Streisand is, and you could cut and paste it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the original one, if I'm not mistaken, is about actors, and that one's that different. Is and yes. the one was Barbara Streisand was adapted to be towards musicians, to be towards singers. Yeah, and but and I I just feel everything leading up. It kind of there wasn't a movie this year that I believed kind of like years in the past where it's like, oh, this this is just landslide, going to win every award, going to be nominated for everything. And maybe because of that, this is how Bohemian Rhapsody had a really excellent portrayal of Freddie Mercury, backed by it, kind of led it there. Uh, but I just thought Star is Born was an exceptionally better film narratively. Uh, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm surprised. And, and I think it will kind of get to some Oscar predictions in a little bit. I believe that it's going to be completely oh, flipped. Yeah, yeah. Oscars, Oscars will totally go more for A Star is Born than... I mean, than, Oscars have been surprising everybody in the last couple of years. But. It has been. And, and you know what? Why, why even just waste the time? You know, now that we kind of broke down a little bit on some of the things, some of the snubs and surprises also with the Golden Globes, let's go into like the, the granddaddy of them all. The Oscars are going to be coming out, um, you know, the first couple of weeks in February. And it's one of my most exciting times. Um, myself, Raul, and a couple of the folks with inside of our circle, we, you know, do like a bet or something along those lines in regards to we are going to like, you know, uh, put a wager on how many picks we can be able to get right. So we just wanted to take a few of these picks with you, our listeners, and kind of get an idea on what we believe one is going to be nominated. And then as the nominations come out, we get closer to the show. We would love to be able to invite you guys to play along with us and see if you could beat our score of who's going to pick the most correct winners from the Oscars. But for right now, let's kind of get into some of the things that we are predicting that what's going to be nominated. Um, the big, you know, like the, 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 the biggest prize of the night for the Oscars is Best Picture. And unlike, um, you know, the Hollywood Foreigner Press and uh, the Golden Globes, it's regardless whether it's a, co- a drama, whether it's comedy, dramedy, what do you think is going to be nominated for Best Picture, Raul and Des? I have a guess of what's going to win, and I'm not going to like it. Oh. What do you think is going to win? Vice. Oh, I don't think Vice is going to win. I don't think Vice is going to win at all. 
I don't think Vice should win. I think Vice will be. I, I think that Vice will win. Yeah, I think Vice will be nominated. I think A Star Is Born will definitely be nominated. Um, I think Roma will be nominated. Alfonso Cuarón's Roma. All right. Yep. Um, I I this is controversial, <clears throat> um, but I'm I because of what's coming out, what everybody's talking about, I disagree with it. But my assumption is that Black Panther will be nominated. For Best Picture? For Best Picture. Oh, my gosh. Every, everyone has it. Uh, Kalen believes it should also be nominated. Oh, my gosh. We have come down from the mountain. Yo, I love you, it, that guy. He's the greatest. Yeah, he's the best Winston, part of that. Winston Duke is great. He's, 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 he's absolutely... He is so quotable in this movie. Like, he is I love, great. I, lo- oh. and, uh, I love him in the, in the Us trailer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Des, have you seen the, have you crazy. seen the Us trailer? Have you seen Jordan Peele's Us trailer? We can get crazy. Oh man, he was great. <laughs> but I uh, can't wait. And then, of course, Green Book. It will be nominated, which it should be the favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah Black, Peter Fairley. Black K Klansman. Black Klansman. Uh, yeah. Uh, if Beale Street could talk. Bohemian Rhapsody, I guess, will be nominated. That, that actually surprised me after the reviews and how they were talking. But it won at the Golden Globes. I would assume it'll probably be nominated at the Oscars. Um, and then the one, I'm wondering if this will be the first year that we actually get 10 nominees. And if they'll throw in maybe like a first man in there, something like Well, you know, I think the Academy loves Chazelle. Um, and Damien Chazelle, he was the young up-and-coming director that gave us Whiplash, that gave us La La Land. You know, um, First Man was marketed amazingly, but was also one of those films this year that did not hit for everybody. Uh, I think the political climate that we're in right now played a little bit into that. Um, I heard things that there was not enough America inside of the movie. Uh, But if you got a chance to watch this movie, folks, this movie was more than just America's space race. This was a very personal story about a man and his family mm-hmm. within that and time. It's so ironic with the lines that he steps down saying. He says, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Not one step, one small step for man, one giant leap for the U.S. of A. Yeah. <laughs> and, but even, you know, even at that time, the fact that he took that stance, a lot of people want, I mean, no matter what, they still planted the American flag on the moon. And there's a lot of people, to be honest with you, with this movie, they just don't believe that we ever got to the moon. So they don't buy into the moon landing. That's still something that's of controversy. But, you know, if, if they're going to fill up the spots for 10 films, I think that's it. And just to kind of recap, we're looking at A Star is Born. We're looking at Afonso Caron's Roma. You got Green Book that's featuring Mahersha Ali, Viggo Mortensen, Vice... I think it had that opportunity Ooh. to win. Now, I thought it was a great movie. We got folks on this side that don't think it was that good of a movie. But within the political climate and knowing that you have this award show in Hollywood that tends to lean left, I gave a very good review of this movie. But this movie is an absolute punch in the dick to Dick Cheney. Um, and it, whew, this is... It, 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 you could almost call it slander. I don't know what amount is true and what amount is it. I thought it was great, and this is obviously by the same director. And, um, and uh, I believe this is Adam McKay. Is that right, Adam McKay? That brought yeah. us the Big Short. Yeah. Um, so this is Adam McKay. I, I, I thought it was done well. Um, Raul, do you have thoughts on Vice? 
Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Ice. I I I think the movie. I I think the editing of it really 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 uh, crippled it. I think that the the movie is constantly taking you out of the narrative. You know, whereas I go to a movie to be to be captured by the narrative and by and that's the visual definitely that's a director's that, choice. That's it's a it's a it's a director's choice, choice that I think that's a bad choice. <laughs> you know you know because if we look at there are other movies that did it and it, and even one from him. You know, from him, uh, uh, a big short, big short used very, very similar editing tactics, very similar editing tactics, and I, I was engrossed by the big short, and I think the big short is a great movie. Another one that used similar things, where like there is a voiceover, and we are t- cutting away from the narrative to insert images of real life of things that have happened. If Beale Street could talk, did that, and Beale Street could talk did that in a way that actually in, sucked me further into the narrative. I thought the the combination of her voiceover with the images and the the music and the way the pacing of these images, the way that you are ingesting them, I thought that it it, it really, really captured the audience and captured what she, what she was trying to do and delivered it in a way that for me made the moment all the more powerful for the narrative right before we got back into the narrative. Um, and that's where I think Vice really fell short. I was constantly being taken out of Vice. And what was with the random Old English section? What was the oh, point? You know, Shakespeare? That's definitely, that, that is another director's choice. Now, I have a strong theater background. I've been doing theater since I was eight years old in New York, community and regional theater. And I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty you know, refreshing and it's a director really playing around with the audience. And it's one of those things that either you're going to buy into it or you're not going to buy it at all. Yeah, but it works is, for me. If, if you're going to do that as a director's choice, can we make it a pattern to where you do yep. that several times throughout the film? Not just randomly, two-thirds of the way into yeah. the movie, just this random section. And here's, and, and, and here's the other big issue I had with the movie is that I was promised a film that was going to be about about the time in which the shadiest vice president in US history was in office that's what 80%, i that's what 80% I of this movie is dick cheney before he's vice before yeah. he's vice president and so for me i didn't care i was just like just get me to vice president cheney yeah. get me there and i spent too much time watching him struggle in his marriage watching him drunk watching people fall off of light poles and break their legs and nobody care and then watching <laughs> him uh, like maneuver through these uh you know senators and all this stuff to get to there and you know what i didn't care no. i wanted to know about the vice pre- if if it was going to be about that call the movie cheney the call biggest strength like the the one of the best scenes of that movie and, and we'll kind of move on a little bit more in, in just a second guys but um, if you get a chance to go see Vice, one of the strongest, and I think this is actually what is going, I mean, you know, um, uh, we had Christian Bale win uh, Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama um, in a lead role um, at the Golden Globes for his portrayal in Vice. Um, he is a dedicated method actor. He put on, I believe, 40 pounds in this movie. What you see in this movie is actually him and his weight. And at the very end of the movie, directorially, if this is what was done throughout the movie, probably would have fixed what you had. 
Correct. He yes. breaks the fourth wall and talks directly to us. It's fantastic. And it is the best scene in that movie. The Shakespearean scene worked for me, but him talking in this very, uh, this kind of staccato um, talk here, and he's the vice, and um, I did everything that I did for this country, and if I, um, if I didn't do it, if I didn't make the hard decisions... Did Cheney just hijack our, our yeah, podcast? Yeah, do you do you practice in, do you practice <laughs> imitating white men often? Um, you know, a brother's got a, bro, a brother's got to get up somehow. So yeah, <laughs> if, if if anything to get my best foot forward, minority self is to be able to practice the white voice. And uh, if you guys got a chance to be able to see sorry to my other you, yeah. The thing about that is, is, the whole film you don't for me personally, I didn't like him. And it wasn't until the end of the movie that it sparked conflict. And I feel like if they had done that throughout the film, where I'm like, is he actually a bad guy? No, he's a bad guy. Is yeah. he actually a bad guy? Yeah. That, he that, was so, that, it was weird. I feel like the director does not like Dick Cheney. Like, if you look at him outside oh of his yeah, movie, he's constantly... But he paints him in a very kind of warm light in the first, you know, two acts of this movie. And you're just like, I... I really don't mind this guy. Like, he had a very simple thing of what he was trying to do. But yeah, if we would have got more in that final scene throughout the movie, no, 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 it no, would have no. worked. We yeah. have to go back, because I completely disagree with what you just said. Oh. No, she said the opposite. She said. Oh, you're saying the opposite. No, okay. no, she, she, yeah, I, we can, did not can you, care can for you, her. Can you help me with my dick mic? Yeah. <laughs> did, did, not, did not care for him. The majority of the movie. No, it was saying, yeah, until you that did, last I felt like scene. you you felt him. You felt the character was super unlikable. He went from being a loser to yes. being an asshole to being. Oh, uh, I'm not really sure. Yeah, that last scene. That last scene. What it does is it takes you. It, it so Adam McKay is telling us how to feel about Dick Cheney, and in that last scene, Dick Cheney is telling us how to feel about how he feels about himself. Which which creates conflict within us, right? Because yes. he does not he, he he sees himself. He's challenging us. He he sees himself. He's, he's talking to so, us, the American people. He's challenging us. He's challenging us. Yes, and 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 at the end, like the, if that had been done throughout the narrative, throughout the entire movie, where to me there should have been two narrators, right? I was okay. Yes. with Jeremy Clemens being that's his name, right? Yeah, Jim uh, Clemens. Huh? Clemens with a P. Yes, that's it, Jeremy. I knew I was close. Jeremy Clemens. I was I was I I was okay with him. I felt like the fact that he was the only narrator made him expendable and made made it just a shock factor when you find out what happens, right? Yeah. But if it had been a film of the two of like they are not only breaking the fourth wall and speaking to us, but speaking to each other, you know what I mean? Like it would be very interesting. And maybe yeah. and maybe not even speaking to each other, but just contradicting each other. Whereas Clemens is telling us one thing. Cheney's telling us one thing, and we're going, and they contradict each other completely, and then at the end, you see why why Plemons is important, and you see Cheney break that fourth wall, and then you're just like, wow, this it it's so profound, it's so manipulative the way he sees things and the way he he makes you see him, and it, I think it would have been so much more powerful to see the movie from that perspective and have those two conflicting things. Did you guys hear that right now? Did you just see what just happened? In the middle of us breaking down this kind of having this really intellectual uh, conversation, dissecting this film, each scene by scene, or some of the different shots and editing, 
we just fixed this movie. So, yeah, we, we, we literally just fixed this movie. There's going to be a tons of segments that we're going to introduce on this podcast. And the first one that you just saw birthed organically was Cinema Surges. We just took this thing apart with a scalpel and we fixed it. Uh, but let's go ahead and keep moving on. Um, you know, we got stuck advice. I'm thinking if Bill Street could talk is going to be nominated. We got the favorite Black Klansman, possibly Bohemian Rhapsody. And then, you know, Black Panther, um, there has not been of the uh, superhero comic book movie ilk nominated for an Academy be. Award. I believe there personally should be. Um, we might as well just, you know, if let's just let this out. Let's, if, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and as, as year, the, as the black guy in, on the pod, um, I'm going to go ahead and this was a culturally relevant. This was the top grossing movie domestically of this year. Um, comparatively to some of the other films, The Star is Born, Green Book, Vice, The Favorite, this movie has acted exceptionally well, has some warts like most movies do. I feel like the first two acts hold up exceptionally strong. Um, it's edited well. Um, while you can possibly say that the plot is not original, this is a comic book. It's literally adapted from a comic book source material that came out in the 1960s. Um, but it is scored majestically. It has moments in which you remember, and it has an amazingly important all-star cast. Everything that you would want from a movie, let alone it being a black movie, is what you want a movie to be. And I feel like getting the nomination, one, makes it culturally important in the fabric of what we are as an American body that takes in movies. This is an amazing film achievement. Okay, can I ask you a question? Yes. Being somebody who loves the movies of the superheroes. Yes. Looking at them all. Yes. Is Black Panther the best? Black Panther is the fifth best. Why is it the only one that's been nominated? It's good, yeah. Ooh. Times are changing that are making it more palatable to be able to honor these films as more than just movies. Like some people say films and movies and it's a little bit different. This is one of the few movies backed by one Academy Award nominated cast, an award winning cast. You got Lupita Nyong'o, Chad McBoseman, um, Denai Guerrera. You have people, you, I mean, you got this, you got, you got this amazing director. This, is, this being his third studio feature film and just how each film that he's done, he's gotten better and better. Like, you name me a director that's able to pitch like this with Fruitvale Station, with Creed, and with Black Panther. It is on the same platform and the same scope as A Star is Born, as Green Book, as Oh my as God, you shut your mouth. You shut, you shut up. It easily is. It easily is. Oh my gosh. Listen, it's a fun movie. Yes. It's a fun movie. It is a visually stunning movie. Okay? I mean, it gets graphics done better than DC does. Yeah. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> Nickelodeon does that. Um, <laughs> it, 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 you know what I mean? Like, did it, do, did it do anything very, very wrong? No. It's a very well-made movie. Okay? But there's a lot that aren't nominated. There, it, 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 you know, if, if we're going to go ahead and say, you know, Oh, it's time to nominate superhero movies. They are worth these big movies 
are worth the consideration and the accolade of being nominated for an Academy Award. There are movies in the past that deserve that. We have that. to consider: is it fair to? Is it? Is it right? And is Black Panther the one that should deserve it? Because at the end of the day, there were more than one superhero movie that came out this last year, and Black Panther was not the best one. Black Panther was the best one. No, uh, slight, slight, slightly better than Avengers. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not War. better than Avengers: Infinity War. We'll fight. We'll, 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 we will fight that another day. We will fight that battle another day. And to be honest with you, folks who are listening, I want you guys to be able to fight along with us. We love what we do. We love the movies that we get into, and we encourage our listeners to help us out. Be a part of the report by using hashtag MReportPod. Let us know what's on your mind. Let us know whose side you're on. Are you on the Nevado side? Are you on my side? Did you get a chance to be able to see Black Panther? Do you believe it's worth a nomination um, to be? Because no matter what was going to happen is that if it gets this nomination, if it doesn't win, it is a great honor and distinction to be able to put on your Blu-ray re-release Academy Award nominated film Black Panther. Yeah, Suicide Squad. Dez don't think it's fair. Suicide Squad. Suicide. Remember, that is Academy Award winning. Winning. Suicide Squad. Academy Award winning. And people, please, 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 just because we call Minority Report, do not feel that those of, of, of more Caucasian persuasion don't feel like you cannot get on here. Oh, we encourage you to, please. You, you will not be hounded. You will not be criticized. Unless you're stupid. Unless you're dumb. <laughs> Unless you're stupid. But you are allowed kinda... to say Black Panther should not be nominated. Because let me tell you something. I can tell you right now. There's a movie that should be nominated for Best Picture and will not be nominated. Yeah. Um, and this is a movie that a lot of the of the critics have in their top movies of the year. But it won't be nominated. Why? Because it's a horror. Okay? And that is Hereditary. Hereditary should be nominated for Best Picture. That movie is fantastic. Hereditary was not a good movie. And you know what Hereditary doesn't have? It doesn't have M'Baku. My nigga came came down. We have watched and listened from the mountains. (laughs) We have watched. We discussed as you technological advancements have been overseen by a child who scores that tradition. And now you want to hand the nation over to this prince who cannot keep his own father safe. We will not have it. We will not have it. I said we will not. Bro, it is classic. There's moments. There's moments. And believe me, folks, we're moving you're going to get a Black lot Panther, more of me we're being able to dust on. off these Caleb, what's next on the report? Next on the report, we just got finished kind of breaking down what we're predicting to be in the best picture. Let's go real fast if we can. What do you think? Who's going to be nominated and possibly win uh, for best actor? Best actor? Come on, bro. We got to put my man the Cooper in there. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, right? Um, Absolutely. Based off of the win in Golden Globes, I would say Rami Malek is going to be nominated. Yeah. Um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, while the film was divisive, his portrayal was yeah, it's excellent. fantastic. Really Viggo good. Mortensen should be up there. I think Viggo Mortensen will get it. He was, um, and I would say it is going to be tougher for a, a drama with more comedic tones for him to be able to get the nomination, but it definitely was a really good job. But yeah, I would definitely say... 
Uh, Vigo Mortensen um, has a very strong chance to be able to um, get a nomination. Um, and then I'm going to go with a dark horse here. And yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say... Um, no, do I want to say that? No, Ethan Hawke, what are you going to say? Uh you know what? I didn't get a chance to see at Eternity's Gate, but I I I, I think that there's a strong possibility um, that uh, that Willem Dafoe will be nominated for at Eternity's Gate. I think I think I think Ethan Hawke would get nominated before he would for First Reformed. Woo! That is that is a super that's a super dark horse. I was I was not a big fan of First Reformed, but a lot of people are talking about it, and before more people are talking about that than Eternity's Gate. <laughs> and, okay. uh, well, what are we thinking for best actress? Yeah, thank you. I was about to say you've got a woman on here. We're not just talking about best actress. <laughs> We're not talking about anything. <laughs> All right, best actress. Uh, I mean, definitely Lady Gaga's gonna get nominated. Um, I don't think she should win, but a lot of people are saying she'll win. Uh, Glenn Close for the wife. You know, uh, her performance was fantastic. Olivia Coleman, who for me is top. Olivia Coleman nailed her performance in the favorite. Yeah, she, it, was she was really so good. convincing. She was so gr- she so was good. she was so good. She grossed you out at times, and then in the very next scene, you she's so likable, and you're just like, who is this? <laughs> she's this, a woman. This <laughs> this deeply this deeply broken and complex human being. She was so great, um, and then I, the last two are kind of up in the air for me. Um, I feel like a lot of people are talking about Melissa McCarthy, uh, for Can You Ever Forgive I would me? say Nicole Kidman in Destroyer. Really? You think Nicole Kidman? That's from possible. What I'm, from what I'm hearing, what Nicole Kidman does in Destroyer, and then I will say there's a possibility um, that uh, Charlize Theron and uh, Tully would... I mean, it, it sucks for a lot of these films that came out earlier in the year. It is a real big challenge to kind of kind of... Unless you gave like this this amazing moment, and Tully was kind of as a movie, kind of even for the most part, but she was starkly good in what she was going no, through. No, she was amazing. Um, amazing. Yeah, so I, I I think that that's that's definitely a strong possibility. A lot of people are also talking about Yelitz Aparicio from Roma um, being I nominated, which that. I don't think I don't think I don't think she should be nominated. But we can get into how, and another day we can get a, a, about how I feel about Roma. We don't, we don't got a lot, I think, a lot of time. I think, yeah, we, we, we're 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 gonna we're gonna put a pin in that and really have a nice discussion about Roma. I think it's um it's something interesting for us to be able to have, especially for what this podcast is about, um, and then kind of advance that conversation a little bit forward. But you know, those are the top three categories that everybody waits two and a half hours to be able to talk about um, on that particular Sunday night, um, but. It's the beginning of the new year, and it would only be right for you guys to get to know us a little bit more by celebrating this year's past great films. Now, we have individual rating systems. We have different reasons, what we like, why we like them. And in order for you guys to get to know a little bit about us, we thought it was only apt to be able to have and share our individual top 10 to be able to kind of take us home with the pod in our first ad of the day. So I want to go ahead and be a gentleman and extend uh, to the queen Desiree her top 10. And 
This is her top 10. It's not what she believes are the greatest films in the world. These are her films, and she'll probably be able to give her reasons as to why. And then once she gives up her 10, we'll kind of talk about it. And we invite you guys to talk about it once again. Uh, once again, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, at mreportpod. We want you guys to be a part of the conversation. Let us know what your top 10 lists are. Uh, so, Des, go ahead and start us off. All right, so the first three, I would have to say, not only are they one of my favorites, but they are all about, like, all-around great films. The first three are. Um, and that's going to be Blind Spotting, A Quiet Place, and A Star is Born. Now, the rest of the movies on my list are not necessarily all-around great films. Some of them mostly are just like, I would watch them 50 times. Um, one of those is going to be Ready Player One. It's been a while since I've had a film make me feel as good as Back to the Future. And I was so <laughs> excited when I felt that way in the theater. Um, Game Night, Love, Simon is adorable. Uh, Searching was cool. Uh, I liked Thoroughbreds. I liked the idea of a hero not being likable and the villain being likable. And I really enjoyed Alpha because I'm... I love my dogs and instant family. Nice. Raul, um, tell me, out of Blind Spotting, Quiet Place, Stars Born, Ready Player One, Game Night, Thoroughbred, Searching, Alpha, Instant Family, what of those films made it on your top 10? Uh, there's a few, actually. Uh, blind. The first three are on my list, not in that order. Um, I don't think mine are in a particular order. Just the first three are my the best. And Thoroughbreds just missed. Just so did Searching. Searching and Thoroughbreds just missed. My I heard list. a lot of good things about Searching. Um, but I, I might have it on my queue to be able to watch some of the movies that I missed last year. I'm curious. Should I, I, want, I want you to go first. <laughs> well, uh, in no particular order, I also do share um, A Star is Born. I also share with you guys A Quiet Place, and I also share, that is it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's actually all I share with the stars more. Um, my I mean, that's okay, no Kaylin. The moment that our lists match, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very interesting. No, nah, um, you know, I got... Um, I actually, I actually have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I kind of broke it down. Uh, if you could tell, I, I love comic book movies. I love superhero movies. And I can find amazing art with them. So um, I got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Black Panther, um, Avengers Infinity War. Um, and I actually have Paddington 2 on my list. Um, I've got Green Book, uh, The Favorite, um, Welcome to Marwin. And then my top of 2018 is If Bill Street Could Talk uh, by Barry Jenkins. Um, yeah. And so I, I would say if we were kind of compiling our list together, we would have to have, since we, there is some consensus I, there. Did you I say Black Panther born. on your list? I, I did say Black Panther on my list. Okay. I haven't, Absolutely. I haven't, I haven't said mine, though. Oh, that's correct. Forgive me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I got at number 10. This isn't. Oh, you actually have them ranked. You have them oh, all yeah, ranked. This is in particular order. <laughs> oh, this is. You heard that, folks? This is in particular order. Go ahead, man. <laughs> if Beale Street could talk at number 10. Number nine, Bad Times at El Royale. Such a great movie. It's fun. 
It's so well written. The, the scene where all the characters meet in the lobby of the hotel... Falls apart of the third act. Is, is a scene that... Huh? The very end of the movie falls apart. But okay. No. No comments yet. No Let comments. No, com- no, com- no, com- so no comments. I'm the, sorry. I'm the sorry. scene in the lobby where all the characters... Where all those main characters meet... Actually, as as a person, as a writer myself, made me question my ability to write. And for a second, I was like, should I just not ever write again? Because it was just such a fantastically written scene. Uh, anyway, number eight, Flower. Uh, not a lot of people saw this movie. It, I know it, it got very, very mixed reviews. But Flower is an excellent, excellent film, guys. Go see it. It's an it's a indie movie, very small movie. Uh, but it, it's it's really, really fantastic. Uh, number seven, A Quiet Place. Number six, Hereditary. Number five, Eighth Grade. Number four, The Favorite. Number three, A Star is Born. Number two, Green Book. And for me, the greatest movie of 2018, Blind Spotting. This movie is just on another level. Anyway, now you can continue what you were saying and whatever you were ranting about. I respect your list, both of your lists. Um, I actually, I, I, I have seen most of everything that you guys have put together. And remember, remember everybody, this is a celebration of 2018 and best is very much individual, but there has to be some consensus and there has to be some universal way that we have to agree upon on what is good. Good can be relative. It's based on how you grew up and, you know, what brought you to movies and what makes you feel. Uh, I am an actor. I am drawn to strong performances. I'm a storyteller. I find exceptional truths in writing. Um, Raul's a director. He's going to, things are going to appeal to him in a very critical way on structure, on editing. And Desiree, she's an artist. And there's some things visually and probably, you know, um, auditorily, they're going to speak to her different. But what makes this all great in this conversation is on how we can be able to appreciate everything all together in a collaborative effort. Collaboratively, Raul, your, 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 your list is shit. Um, to have If Bill Street Could Talk as, uh, <laughs> as, as, as number 10, I'm, I'm happy it's a part of, uh, of your top 10 because it is one of, and, and I'll put this out there on Front Street, I've been championing this movie. It is, it, is, it is unwelcoming how little respect that Barry Jenkins being, prayed, being paid as a storyteller. What he does in adapting James Baldwin, amazing piece of work if Bill Street could talk to the screen, it is narratively strong. It is visually stunning. There's so much color. There's so much vibrancy. The actors, this ensemble of actors, there's a first-time actor in this movie that does an amazing job narrating the story of a struggling young woman whose husband is falsely imprisoned, and she is battling generations before her, um, social class, and trying to do everything she can to keep her head above water while she's pregnant all at the same time. This movie is heartwarming and heartbreaking and deserves so much more praise. It is scored phenomenally. Nicholas Bertel, his score for A Bill Street Could Talk literally would just bleed your entire heart I'll give you that. The score is amazing. It it is simply moving. And and don't get me wrong. A lot of the movies that you don't have, they are not bad movies. Just you are missing out on so much opportunity where um, 
Green Book is really, really done well. I'm very happy that it's your number two. Um, if I were ranking my films, Green Book would probably end up being number four. Um, but yeah, the fact that you give no love to any superhero movies, I think there's something broken on the inside of you. My man, uh, is Blind Spotting even on your list? No, Blind Spot is on my man. <laughs> okay, so you have no room to talk about not not giving credit where credit is due because you're biased. Yeah. I guess I'm the minority in this I, respect. I, that blind spot is on both I, I, your list and not mine. At the end of the day, like when I when I watch movie, like I'm not about spectacle. I'm about narrative and I'm about story. I'm about character, and I love deep, complicated characters. And blind spotting has not only a, 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 a complicated a, a complicated lead, but complicated supporting Support? characters yes and the and, and and every there are characters in there there are no characters out of the there's the only middle. one other supporting character that's of note in blind spotting no what is he he what is i don't know if he saw the same movie i think he saw a different movie than we did are you kidding me his best friend yeah his girlfriend his mother. His girlfriend's a complex character. Yes, mm-hmm. and you can see that just in the way they talk me? about her. Because she the best was kind of surface level. Calling her a bitch, and the main character is in love with her. We just so earned, you we, see both sides. We just earned that E for explicit. Um, <laughs> listen, bro, her she is such an important character. So important because she, she's first us. off. First off, she gives she gives us the title of the movie. All right, not right. That's number one, but number two. She's us. She is us. She is the person like when when they when they're talking and she explains what blind spotting and it's that moment where he realizes why why she has grown so apart from him. And he says, "When you see me, do you see the fight first?" That that moment where she, she 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 comes to the realization of like oh my god and he comes to the realization of we can never work because she cannot see she has a blind spot and let me talk about my white people for a second there are people <laughs> who are white who are just choose to be racist but there are other people who have blind spots and it is so true that it is just something that, like she says in the movie, you, you have to work at it. Yeah. And it takes time to get rid of that blind spot that comes because of what you've grown up with, because of what you've been taught. She said, she says, she said you would have to, she says to get rid of that, you would have to retrain your brain, which is hard as hell. That's what she says. And you're just like, yeah. That movie, yeah. She is a very, very important character, and and all those characters are so, so, so complex. And the movie is so good. The character development is so good. The way everything comes together, it's artistic, but not in a way that takes away from it. It it it, it actually pushes Super the film. Super creative. Forward. Yeah, so creative. The dream sequence in that movie is so, so powerful, and so creative, and so well acted. The rapping in that movie does not. It, I never felt like. I know that you feel differently, oh. Kaylin. But the the rapping. Yeah, in that the rapping me, in the movie folds. Listen, I, mean, I grew up. I grew up in upstate New York. I grew up in New England. I grew up in 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 the hood, what many would call, and in, in my town, that's what it was called, and that's what we did. We walked around, and and we were bored, and we're walking to the bus stop, 
and somebody would just start spitting rhymes, and and it sometimes it'd be terrible. We just start laughing, like yo, stop clowning, like, but like it. That's what we did, and that's how it felt. And it felt so real when they're walking, and they start messing around, and then he's like, hey, you want to date a white guy? My white boy right here. You know, he he got like it. I was just like, man, I live that. I know, and, and, so and, and, I, and I feel you. There, there's so many elements of blind spotting. And don't get me wrong. Blind spotting is an honorable mention for me, but ultimately, I could not find enough authenticity in the lead character, in the V. Diggs character. He was playing Colin. It didn't do it for me. And, and that's, that's, that, it's, it's a personal preference. Um, there's some choices that he made as a performer that did not feel honest enough, so I couldn't buy it enough. Um, what Rafael Casal did as Miles, he was exceptional. So when, when there's that stark of a difference for me as a performer, where I see this guy just, I don't want to say acting circles around, but what he's doing with his character is just like so, so strong, it diminishes him to a point where I was starting to lose more and more of what I wanted, what the director was trying to sell me on. The imagery, the, the themes in this movie, they're exceptional. I will say this, what you guys are selling to me will have me allow it to push, I will push this into my top 10 and I will take Avengers Infinity War out. There you go, um, speaking I, some sense. I, I, Avengers Infinity War is a great movie, but it's a greater spectacle. And I give it a lot of praise for being, there's never been anything like it ever done in cinematic history. Yeah, absolutely. What Kevin, what Kevin Feige, and, 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 and that's why I believe that Black Panther's a stronger film than Infinity War, is that what Infinity War was, one, you can't go into the movie cold, so it does not survive solely on its own. It's so much movie that it is a spectacle, and that's the reason why it, it, it's an event that you had to be a part of, and I think that that should be celebrated, and that's why I had it personally on my list. But... Your arguments for the strengths of blind spotting, I can go ahead and say I would allow that to move definitely within my top 10. I don't know about number one because a lot of those same things I felt that Barry Jenkins did and did better, but that's just we're at an impasse there. Um, in regards to Green Book, I have that on my list. Um, I have A Quiet Place on my list. We got to address the elephant in the room and it's hereditary. Um, it's a bad movie. Um, I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's yeah. It, it, I I see what it was trying to do. I really do. Um, and it's it's too weird for the sake of being weird. And it plays with some tones that are not appropriate for films. Um, what? Having done some research, having done some research on this movie, they went to certain places to dissect actual text. And it's that was uncomfortable. Maybe that's that that is a that is a personal thing. Um, and the, the 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 third act just did not work for me. Um, it, it really did. And to be honest with you, a, a movie that it, it took me twice. I had to watch it twice to try to get it. And um, it felt it felt a little muddled at the end. The third act is the strongest part of that movie. Um, no, the 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 build up to not knowing what the f is going on in the first and second act. That that actual suspense is. I mean. <laughs> What happens? Yeah, what 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 happens in the first act of the movie is catches you so off guard. You have no idea what to expect. Like nobody knew. Well, I, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, it, uh, granted, it's, it's been out for sure. like eight months now. But it, 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 but life itself did the same thing, but worse. 
you better not throw up. We're gonna I'm just saying, life, life itself is a bad movie. Let's move on. Yeah, let, yeah. Let, let's 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 go ahead and move on. Oh my gosh, life itself. <laughs> I loved it. I, I, All right, I, let's wrap I, it up. I, 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 no, really, I, 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 I got to do a PSA real quick. If yeah. you out there have not seen Blind Spotting, you have to see it. I recommend yeah, it. I recommend. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate that it was poorly marketed. Well, they didn't have the budget for it. They didn't. They didn't yeah. have the budget. But uh, I think I feel like as I look in, looking at the total movie and how you compile it together, I feel like pre production. Um, is it is an integral part just as much as post production and knowing the right way to market your movie? Maybe they should have taken a little bit more time to sell the movie. Um, and De- let me tell you something, David Diggs is a man of bro. yeah. David Diggs, I'll tell you this: David Diggs is a man of uh, of, uh, of he knows people and he's a man of opportunity and probably should have worked a little bit harder on selling this movie to his friends and the people which he worked with. But like I said, we may have the degree um, to disagree. Um, but that's pretty much it. If we were to put together a top 2018 list, it's going to have Blind Spotting. It's going to have Green Book. If Bill Street could talk, it's going to have A Star is Born. It's going to have A Quiet Place. Um, and a couple of others kind of sprinkled in. Let us know what's your top 10, top 5. We want you guys to be able to give us input. I would love to be able to bash some of y'all. If, if anybody, if anybody would love for me to be able to bash your top ten list, I got no problem. I will give you all the smoke you need in 2019 to let you know what you should have watched and what should have ranked right in 2018. Hit us up at Instagram and Twitter at mreportpod to the minorities report. Before we say goodbye, ladies and gentlemen, we, I mean we love it. This has been an exceptional first hour plus of content that we brought to you. And it's filling me up of all the possibilities that we have we have going forward to steer these conversations. But we will end every week talking about um, what we're going to be getting into this week. Me personally, I got a couple movies on my docket that I'm excited to see. Um, it is January. This is typically dumping season for movies that either didn't test well or just didn't want to get the negative uh, uh, blowback in regards to earnings at the end of Q4. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and catch... Um, uh, what's that, that that Kevin Hart movie uh, tomorrow? The Upside. Uh, yeah, The oh, Upside. That looks good. I want to see that. It it's looks getting bad. Really bad <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go catch The Upside. But most, uh, you know, you know, you know, most of the bad reviews just say, "Go watch the original; it's better." It, and that's and so they gave it a one star because they like the original better. And they're like, "This one's entertaining, but the first, unfair. the original." Yeah, better. I really do hate that. Guys, my 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 motto, you know, as a movie reviewer and as a critic. I'm not going to tell you to not watch a movie. I'm going to let you know my opinion. And if you choose to not watch a movie because of it, that's up to you. I feel like you should never, you know, say, do not go watch a movie. Watch it for yourself. Believe me. Oh, yes. I got my tickets. Yes. My man. My man. Yes. Um, You got to forgive me. I know this is not a visual podcast as of yet. But Dragon Ball Super Broly is coming out this Wednesday. I've got my tickets. I'm hella excited is it, for is this Is it a one-day thing? Is it what's happening? I, two I, days. It's two two days. Two day fan I event. I need to go see this. Ladies, yeah, I do two, not have my ticket. I'm okay. I, 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 I already have my ticket. I'm super excited. I will be there uh, this Wednesday um, at six o'clock for this particular showing. 
Uh, if you are a fan of anime, Dragon Ball is one of the greatest animes of all time. Akira Toriyama is an exceptional storyteller, um, and I- I'm just super excited. Broly is finally being made canon. So if we got people that listen to the show that have anime, uh, 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 things that kind of, if I need to feed that, you are going to come to me. I'll be able to give you that as much as I can. So yeah, um, I'm going to see that Kevin Hart movie. I'm going to see uh, Broly. And then I'm going to see Replicas. I'm a sucker for Keanu Reeves. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see it. I'll let you know what we think about it. Yeah, I, Yo, I'm a oh, sucker man. for Keanu John, Reeves, man. John Wick, John Wick is, is, is fantastic. And I'm really it hoping really he's is. finding a way to reinvent himself. I just don't want him to ruin himself before John Wick 3 comes out. John the Wick. good thing is, is that you don't ever have to worry about Keanu Reeves ruining himself because he is not human, and um, that's fair. There's there's not there's nothing that can affect him. Keanu I still Reeves gotta go is, see. I still gotta go see on the basis of sex, and then of course Glass comes out this month. When does the that's new what, MIB yeah. come out? Oh. Say it again. When does the new MIB come out? Oh, Men that comes Black. out in May. Yeah, Men in Black International with uh, Tessa Thompson. That that comes out in May. It was a pretty strong trailer. Not as strong as I would have liked. Comes out in June. June, forgive me. Yeah. So yeah. So definitely uh, this this particular summer. Um, but yeah, go go see on the basis of sex. Um, if you want to catch my review, you can do so. You can follow me at Kobe Mac on Instagram and uh, Facebook or on Twitter at Kobe underscore Mac. I give my personal reviews there for everything that I watch, and I will drop. I'll be dropping on the basis of sex this week. You can follow me at hashtag Kobe Told Me. Um, Raul, put yourself over. Where can we be able to find you at, man? Hey, I'm uh, at the Raul Nevado on Twitter. And uh, I think the same on Instagram. And uh, yes. M Report Pod is also on Instagram. Yes, please follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on the Facebook. Um, where can we be able to follow you and everything that you do, um, Desiree? Where can we follow you at? Well, if you're interested in photos and not movies, <laughs> you, <laughs> can, you can follow me on Instagram um, at Photo. E-Z-E-R. You can follow me on Twitter as well with the same handle, but... Not I'm as not, interesting. I'm not really on Twitter, so <laughs> I'm going be mad at you. Hey, it, it's all good. If you guys can't tell by now, this is what we love, um, and this is why we do it, and we do it for you, the people. Um, I'm Kobe Mack. This is yours, Minority Report. Peace. Peace.